friends, this is astrologer DK Brainerd. You are listening to the Stars for the People Astrology Podcast for the week of October 4th, 2010. Brought to you by EmpowerRadio.com, empowering you. In this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about the Libra New Moon that's coming up on Thursday, October 7th. And then also talk a little bit about the Venus Retrograde in Scorpio, which is sort of the major... um, planetary news in October that's happening on, on Friday, October 8th. So Venus um, Venus will be retrograde from October 8th through November 18th, most of that time retrograde in the sign of Scorpio, which is her detriment sign. And um, when I say that's the big news for October, that's actually great news for most of us because, um, you know, Venus retrograde, it's not an everyday occurrence but it's not the kind of earth-shattering astrology of the outer planetary pressure cooker, karmic quickening, cardinal climax uh, that we've been dealing with over the last four or five months. And, you know, it's uh, Venus retrograde is, is an interesting time, but it's not something where we're going to... It's more of a slow-moving, um, longer-term kind of energy that any time a planet is retrograde, it challenges us to look within ourselves and look back into the past to see how we're doing with the energies of that planet. And so Venus will be challenging us over the next six weeks or so to look at the way we deal with the Venus areas in our chart. And in general, for all of us, Venus represents relationship, um, the good things in life, balance, harmony, beauty, the arts, sensual pleasure, you know, so thinking of Venus as the goddess of love. And Venus also often represents uh, a very healing energy, healing through love, healing through beauty. So we might also want to look at how that shows up. And where we're going to notice this in our charts is the areas, the signs that Venus rules, and also probably the sign and, and house that Venus occupy in your chart. So for me, I have a Leo rising, so Venus is the ruler of my third house, which is third house from Leo, um, is Libra. So Leo, Virgo, Libra. And also my tenth house, which is Taurus, which is the tenth house from my rising sign. Tenth house is about career, third house is about thoughts and communication. So one of the ways I can expect this to play out is that I'm going to be reevaluating how I talk, um, how I think on a daily basis, how I talk about my world, how I use my word of power to, um, you know, to manifest things in the world. And then also 10th house is career, reputation, status, that sort of thing. So you can pretty easily apply this same math by looking up the, where Taurus and Libra are in your birth chart and in your solar chart as well. And solar chart, again, is just starting placing your sun sign on the first house and and count from there. So if you're a Virgo sun sign, Libra would be your second house, Virgo Libra. And so you could expect this Venus retrograde, since Venus is the ruler of your solar second house, to in some way be about your money and how you're doing with earning the income that you need to be a viable person um, to accomplish your soul mission, how you're doing with possessions, with self-esteem, with your resources, all these second house matters. And, you know, it's interesting that Venus is in the sign of her detriment. So Venus and Scorpio, 
as I mentioned in, in this week's or this month's video forecast, Venus and Scorpio is in her opposite sign called her detriment sign. And planets in their detriment tend to have a hard time showing their best face to us. So a planet in its detriment traditionally was said to be um, like a person who is staying in the house of an enemy or is al almost like what we would think of as a political prisoner or somebody who is you know, under house arrest. That planet has a very hard time being itself. And this week we have an exact conjunction of Venus and Mars going on. And Mars is in his own sign of Scorpio. So it really gives that Mars... Scorpio kind of the upper hand in this battle. Also because Venus has been slowing down to station retrograde and then will be slowly moving into retrograde motion this week. When a planet is moving slowly and, and is around its station, it's also traditionally that was um, likened to a person who is either just taking to their sickbed or just getting up from their sickbed. You know, either way, that planet's energies are considered to be very weakened. However, one of the things we might notice this week is that when a planet is in a really weakened condition, as Venus is now, we may notice that the negative energies associated with that planet are very strong. So, um, and especially since the new moon this week is in Venus, a home sign of Libra, and we've got the energy waning down to this new moon on Thursday. You know, also with the Sun-Saturn conjunction in Libra that's been going on for the last few days, and even though the exact um, conjunction is over as we go into the week, we still are sort of under that energy for the first couple or three days of the week. And Sun-Saturn conjunctions are uh, an energy signature for weakened vitality. So the Sun would be vitality, radiance, energy. And Saturn is the force of constriction, um, retraction, pressure, so, you know, the sun is hot, Saturn is cold and distant, icy, austere. And so sun-Saturn, I've been really feeling this one with my Leo rising. So the sun is the ruler of my ascendant sign. The ascendant represents the body and the health. And the last few days I've just been so tired. Probably some of that has to do with you know, trying to keep up a full schedule with my four-year-old extremely vibrant Leo who doesn't seem... Well, actually, she's been noticing this, too. Uncharacteristically taking long naps in between outbursts of extreme creativity and joyfulness or tragic drama. Um, so we've, we've got that energy going on as well, you know, and, and this is definitely going to trigger some of that Saturn and Libra energy that... You know, we've talked about repeatedly over the last few months, and um, if you have your Saturn and Libra report, you can you might want to look that back up and, and kind of look at some of those areas, because all those areas that are being affected by Saturn and Libra are going to have a heightened influence, since the ruler of Libra, Venus, is under such intense scrutiny. And then we have this new moon on top of it. So all in all, um, you know, but again, nothing, nothing is... Uh, as just wild or chaotic as what we've gone through over the last four or five months. I want to talk a little bit about um, what we might expect from Venus and Libra. And I primarily see this as a soul investigation into how we're structuring our lives in regard to the Venus or Venusian qualities in our lives. So 
especially with Mars and Scorpio and Mars and Venus in conjunction right now, Mars and Scorpio is the obsessive or compulsive drive or need to go beneath the surface of, of life and to go into the soul areas. You know, so Scorpio energy, Scorpios are the ones who fearlessly and some might say obsessive compulsively dive into the, the depths of the soul who brave the shadows and go down into the underworld and are willing to look at the areas of the psyche that most of us shy away from and that most of us refuse to go into, you know, and really, um, have to wait until life just forces us to go in there. Scorpios, you know, whether they like it or not, they love it. They need it. And that Mars and Scorpio energy is compelling us to look beneath the surface of our lives and say, why am I feeling these things that I'm feeling? So I feel like I've been experiencing that this week um, on a few levels. You know, it's really interesting how so many of us in the postmodern world have managed to structure our lives, whether intentionally or for most of us, it kind of seemed to happen by accident or uh, by synchronistic occurrences. But, you know, I've got this situation where I have a family and uh, with a with a new baby who's four and a half months old. And then I have my beautiful daughter, Roya, who just turned four, who lives with her mom in New Orleans. And I'm up in Detroit now. And so we have this you know, long distance relationship. And and um, and fortunately, I get to have her stay with me for two or three weeks at a time every couple months, you know, which is fantastic. And it's like, I'm like so grateful for it. And then at the same time with the new baby and with everything that's going on um, work-wise for this fall, I'm really torn between these, um, you know, how do I manage um, focusing on her and then you know, giving her the attention that she needs and then also drawing boundaries with her so that I can have the time to do things like do this podcast and write the column for the week without completely depriving myself of sleep um, for two weeks at a time. And one of the things I'm noticing with that is that it's really putting a spotlight this week on my relationship to pleasure um, and, and that Venus quality of how do I get the pleasure, sensuality, and beauty that I need in my life. You know, and any of you who are parents out there can, I'm sure, relate to this. You, you have these kids and they're your, they're your greatest teachers, you know, and um, they teach you how to work through your ego fixations and how to be a servant, you know, how to really truly love another human being rather than being constantly self-obsessed as most of us are until we have kids, right? And then at the same time, there's this challenge not to lose your soul by becoming a drone, you know, becoming an automaton. And it's like, how can I... How can I set boundaries with my spouse or with my partner and with my kids and say, you know, if I don't get some time to go um, do some creative stuff myself, you know, work on my music or go to the museum or go out in nature and go walking or spend some time alone doing what really feeds my soul, you know, what really brings beauty into my life, then eventually I'm not going to be a good parent. I'm not going to be a good partner. I'm not going to be able to be present 
because I get too worn down, because I get too wrapped up, because I build up these resentments because I'm not taking care of myself. And in, in a lot of ways, I would say that's one of the major um, archetypal attributes of Venus is, is um, how do we care for the soul? How do we care for the self? By giving ourselves the good things that we need. And, you know, Mars, the warrior, is a much more ascetic energy. And when Mars chases pleasure, it's chasing pleasure in a more aggressive, warlike, I'm going to get this, I'm, you know. I always use the analogy with um, w- with Mars and Venus is that Mars is the the hunter, you know. And Mars goes out and slays the dragon or slays the deer. Mars doesn't sit by the, the corpse after that's done. You know, if he's using it for food, then he's going to cut it up and skin it and gut it and take the food back to the cave. And if he's just doing it for the joy of killing, then he's going to leave it there and let whatever happens, happens. But he's not going to hang out and think about it and talk about it. Whereas Venus is the slowness of life. Venus is the is the taste of good food and the sensuality of touching somebody that we love and being touched by somebody that we love. You know, the joy of looking at a beautiful sunset or I'm actually, thanks to technology, um, I am taking a little bit of care of myself this week and I'm sitting out at the state recreation area recording this on my iPhone looking out over the the lake and the colors are colors are beautiful today there's the really dark red of the of the staghorn sumac and the leaves are turning golden across the lake and the the clouds are these really just bright multicolors of uh, shades of gray and silver and dark blue sun shining on the lake. You know, that feeds my soul. That's part of my Venus energy. And if I don't give that to myself, what I've noticed the last week, I made this comment to uh, Jenny in the kitchen earlier. We were both feeling sort of fat this week. And I said, well, you know, chances are with everything we've got going on and, um, you know, just the constant drama in the house with the baby and the four-year-old and everything else that's happening you know chances are we're going to be emotionally eating a little bit this week and it feels good to be able to say that even though it's not something that I you know I want to be it's not the way I want to deal with my emotions is by stuffing food into my face but one of the things about Venus retrograde is that it's going to encourage us to look into those areas of our life and say, how am I dealing with pleasure? How am I dealing with taking care of myself? How am I dealing with my need for beauty? I remember the uh, the um, mystic, uh, I don't know what you would describe him as, Gurdjieff, the great mystic, reading you know one of his students' work, I think it was Ospensky's work, and um, talking about how the three ways that the human mechanism nourishes itself are through food, the breath, and impressions. And according to Gurdjieff, impressions were the most powerful nourishment of the three. So you may have heard of the idea of breathitarians, you know, people who can live just on the prana through the breath and, and moving to this lighter and lighter kind of scale of nourishment. And Gurdjieff said that actually the way we get the most energy is through impressions. You know, it's through taking in um, beautiful energy, beautiful scenery, uh, whether that's impressions in the outer world or or through our imagination. And 
So one of the things this Venus retrograde is going to ask you is how are you doing with nourishing and nurturing yourself, um, specifically through giving yourself the beauty that you need, giving yourself the, the touch that you need. I was thinking the other day about how, um, how just really weird and wrong our, our way of relating between humans is in our society. And, and, and all of this to say that because Libra is the Venusian sign of, of relationship and, um, specifically it's an air sign. So how we think about relationship and how we structure our relationship based on our thoughts, um, all of these, I, I feel like are going to be some of the specific ways that this Venus retrograde energy is focused this week. And I was thinking about, you know, the way we, I guess I was thinking about the Pluto and Libra generation, which is, I want to say 72 to 86 people that were born in that time period. And I was talking to a client saying, you know, your generation came in here to blow up the way that we do relationships and to really just destroy this false, arbitrary, bogus kind of way that we feel like we're supposed to relate to one another so that that can be replaced with something better, with something that works better for us, something more human. And I was thinking that somehow that got me thinking about these people that I used to work with and work for in the corporate world. And I was, I worked in this one job where I had these um, middle managers above me and there were kind of like three of them that were, their roles weren't really well defined and, and as middle managers tend to do, they wanted to get in on everybody's stuff and kind of control everything and control everybody. And, it was like three women that were either um, in a bad relationship or not in any relationship. And, you know, it's not restricted to those three. They just jump out as being sort of the most egregious examples of this. But they had this cruel, um, resentful energy that they sort of took out on their employees in this department we were in. And everybody was aware of it, you know, except perhaps them. I'm not sure. I'm sure on some level they were, but I, I was thinking back about that and thinking, you know what? I bet they never were touched lovingly. And we live in this really weird made up matrix, you know, where if you're not in a relationship, how often do you get touched? You know? And for most of us, even if we're in a relationship, how often do we get touched? You know, unless one of the partners wants sex or uh, maybe there's this kind of ritualized touching. But how often do we really connect with one another and, you know, give each other a, a massage or a rub down or just sit and enjoy that physical contact? And we need that. You know, we're animals. Uh, we need that sensuality. We need that touch. We need that warmth. We need that connection. So when we don't get that, you know, those things that we need then we tend to express the negative side of Venus, which Venus and Scorpio, the negative side of, of that Venus energy is really fixation and compulsion. You know, so that's the, that negative side of the Scorpio archetype is um, compulsively chasing pleasure or compulsively going after something because we get this this fixed emotion that says, if I, I can't be happy unless I have this. I can't feel better unless I have this really addictive kind of love energy. And 
whether that's, you know, whatever, however that plays out for you, food or like addiction to tobacco or alcohol or, you know, taking pharmaceuticals to make yourself try to forget about your addictive desires. These are the things that are going to be coming up for us. And the, you know, the great thing about this, the great potential about this is that, um, as James Hillman says, you know, the, the soul speaks to us through pathologizing. So the way that the soul communicates with us is by disease and illness, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, upset, you know, shock. And one of the things that we want to do over the next six weeks is notice the places where we're being compulsive. And rather than saying bad, 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 you know, and spanking ourselves and promising to do better, which you know how that story turns out. You know, you might suppress it for a while and then it comes back twice as strong. What we want to do is give attention to that part of the soul and say, you know, who within me is feeling the need to eat all these cookies? Um, You know, rather than maybe telling my daughter I need some privacy and she needs to go in her room and play for a while, um, I let her, like, drain my energy, drain my energy, and then pound a bunch of cookies and milk, you know, which in the spirit of Venus retrograde, I could look back and say, wow, it's a Sunday afternoon, and here I am recording this podcast and, and being emotionally honest, at least as much as I'm capable of today. And wow, look back 10 years ago, what would I have been doing? I would have been so incredibly hungover and just drinking and drinking, trying to get back to a place of sobriety and with this panic building, knowing that I had to go back to work tomorrow and just, just sick on many levels, you know, and that was my way of dealing with my emotions and dealing with my lack of ability to connect to other people and the lack of love in my life. So one of the things we we can look at in a way of really honoring the soul is to say, okay, you know, I'm experiencing these compulsions, but, um, wow, look how, look how much I've grown over the years, you know, and that the way to continue to grow more fully into an ensouled being, someone who is living fully, you know, with that soul power is not to try to force changes from the ego level and dictate, you can't do this, you must, you know, bad, bad, bad. You must shape up, you must promise to do right, you must do better. But the way to to make those changes is by giving attention to those parts of the soul and saying, oh, you know, wow, you must be really hurting if you have to sit down and drink that whole 12-pack or sit down and eat that whole box of Trader Joe's organic, organic cookies, you know whatever it may be. And then when we start paying attention and asking questions, and this is not often a, um, you know, overnight success kind of scenario, which is probably why most of us prefer to reach for the bottle of wine or the Prozac, you know, or whatever our drug of choice is, the new relationship shopping, um, But it takes time, it takes an investment, it takes a willingness to show up every day and be the good parent to those parts of yourself that haven't matured for whatever reason. And listen and say, hey, you know what's going on? Tell me. And and little by little, as we give that part of ourselves attention, um, you know, the soul will open up and speak with us as as it finds out that we're sincerely interested. And then we start to get clues that can enable us to move to the next level of, of holism or of wholeness. So I hope you find that helpful. Um, you know, I'm running a little bit behind on the 
membership section of the site and um, I've made the choice to be present with my daughter and with my clients and, and just you know do what I can. It's still coming along. Uh, one of the things I'm so excited about it is that um, you know I've been thinking about the, these couple weeks here where I've got Roya and I'm, I'm doing all this extra driving and managing and everything and still have my, my work to keep up and I don't really have the time to meditate like I would love to. And one of the things about being a parent is that, you know, a lot of your meditation becomes meditation and action. Um, but one of the things I'm so excited about this membership program that, that I'm going to be introducing, you know, I hope in the next month, is that it's a customizable library of, of meditation and brainwave entrainment um, products. And... As a member of, you'll have access to this library and be able to build up this library so that, and one of the things that I, I love about it is that, you know, I'm creating something that I wish had was out there, but it wasn't. So, you know, Spirit was like, well, you make it up and then, then it will be out there, which is like right now, you know, maybe I have 15 minutes this afternoon where I could actually meditate. And with this program, you'll be able to put together a module of 15 minute meditation you know, to, to get you to say, hey, if that's all the time I have, let's focus on my inner child in 15 minutes. What can I do? Or if I have an hour, you know, I can put together these components and do this full in-depth body relax and really do the whole hour thing. So um, just want to keep you posted that that's still coming. It's still on the way. I'm going to um, give my website my subscriber. So if you're not on the email list, go to the website and sign up on the email list because I'm going to give the subscribers an incredibly, incredible, incredible, incredible special initial offer and with the option to be grandfathered in for future years at that price as long as you want to stay in it. So I'll keep you posted on the uh, email list and uh, wishing you many blessings. Remember that the new moon this week, new moons are, are times where the energy is waning. And, um, so that new moon is Thursday evening, I believe. And, um, you know, just want to be aware of that. And then we'll start to build that energy back up again on, on Friday and Saturday. And as we go into next week and I'll be back with, I may not be back next week because I'll be driving my daughter back to Kentucky over the weekend and I have a really heavy schedule. So if I don't get back to you next week, I will be back with you in two weeks time. And until then come in, uh, come and see us on the website drop by and and uh, leave a comment on facebook join in the discussion there this is astrologer dk brainerd saying may you go with the stars i seen the best minds of my generation refuse to take their medication your electroshocks your chemical pills I've seen the best minds of my generation Washing windows at the service station I Gas up the beater, turn down the heater Should exceed his grasp. 
should exceed his grasp. My 